scripture, but I repeat, I am not, I repeat, I am not speaking on the hidden uh, army of Elisha, right? Uh, this is a very preachy message, and I want to make it clear, I'm not going in that direction. I'm not going in the direction of rah, 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 we have, you know, uh, chariots behind us. There's a principle here in this scripture that caught my attention when I read a story that I'm going to introduce this sermon in. So let's start here. It says, when the servant of the, the man of God, now this is the NLT, he got up early the next morning. Oh, I feel like preaching myself happy here. He went outside and there were, he saw troops, physical troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Why? Just a back, back story, because Elisha uh, was giving the word of the Lord, and the, peop- and the, and the, the person in charge of, uh, of that land did not like the word of the Lord that was coming from Elisha, right? And so he sent physical troops. Think about how the powerful one man of God is. Physical troops, horses, chariots, to defeat, to attack one man of God prophet who was not prophesying the nice things but was calling the man out, right? So, so they're, they're up in a mountain, and so the, the, the Elisha's servants get up, gets up and, and sees physical troops, chariots, horses, the enemy physically coming at him, okay? Oh, sir, watch this. What will we do now? The young man cried out to Elisha. And now watch what, the Eli- what Elisha said, popular scripture, but listen to this. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than those on theirs. Now, here's the key phrase. Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Say this with me. Lord, open my eyes and let me see what's right in front of me. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw what I call spiritual troops. On the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. So, so, so the servant saw physical enemy, right, the physical troops. Elisha said, open his eyes and saw what was already there in front of him. This is important. He, it was always there, but he didn't see it. The Lord says, open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, he was able to see what was already in the spiritual realm, ready to give Elisha victory at his command. Now, I say this because I want to introduce this, this message by a true story. You could actually Google it up. By a, a, a person by the name of Ali Hafid. How many have heard the story of Acres of Diamonds? How many acres of diamonds? Raise your hand, okay? So this is a popular story that was actually told several times by the founder of Temple University. And the founder of Temple University shared this story that I'm about to tell you in the intro because this is a perfect intro about how I want to land our message this morning. Because the title of my message this morning, because you can't see it on the screen, so I'm just going to tell you, it's called, It's Right Here. (laughs) Everybody say, it's right here. Say, it's right here. Okay, now, without giving you uh, too much, I'm going to ask you to remember that phrase. Because I'm going to share this story because we are missing out on things because our eyes are not open to what's really right here in our families, in our church, in our relationship, in your children. Because we start wishing for other things when it's really right here. So watch, watch. So 
There's a story of a man named Ali Hafid, right? So Ali Hafid, according to this famous story of Acres of Dimes, you can actually Google it up and you'll see that uh, I'm saying this the truth. There's a story in the 1800s where this man had a very large farm and he had uh, acres of a farm. So he had a very large farm. Uh, you could uh, take that out guys, for the people that are watching online. Um, and, and he, he worked 12 hours a, um, a, a day, and he had a decent living, but he had a very big um, farm, so he would plow it, and he would work about 12 or so hours, but he had sufficient money. Well, one day a traveler came by. This is a true story, according to this story. And the traveler said, hey, listen, you don't have to work 12, 14 hours uh, um, a day to, to make it and to provide for your family, even though he was providing for his family. He said, if you search for, there's places on the earth that if you search where there's streams of water, and particularly there's white sand, you'll find some of the purest diamonds that you'll ever see, right? You'll find them. If you go watch this way out there, there's something, if you search for it, you'll become rich, and you won't be able to have to struggle anymore, and your family will be set for life. Well, he sat on that, right, for a couple of days, and he was kind of tossing and turning. He went to sleep, and finally he said, you know what? I'm tired of working 12, 14 hours a day to provide, even though the Lord was providing. So I'm going to go search for these diamonds. And so he went on a search for the diamonds in Africa, and he went to search for diamonds, and he actually told his wife and kids, this is a, a, a true story according to the story, right? He said, hey, I'm going to come back in a couple months, but I'm going to set you guys up. We're never going to have to work a day of our life. I'm going to work these, these other fields. I'm going to work these other fields to find diamonds there, and when I find them, well, you're going to come back, and we're going to be wealthy. Well, he left, and months turned into other months. Long story short, he didn't find diamonds, and he got broke, and he couldn't feed himself anymore because he spent all his money trying to find these diamonds out there, out there. And when he searched for it, this is, you can read it uh, 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 yourself. He went and he, in his desperation, he got so depressed, he became homeless and, and without money. He was in Spain, in Europe, and he saw a tidal wave and he dove himself into a tidal wave and killed himself in depression. But the story that fits with my message actually happens right after this story. The man that bought Al-Hafid's farm. So what happened is Al-Hafid, he left, and he sold his farm to another person that was local farmer there. You follow me so far, right? I'm not losing you, right? So that local farmer, he said, you know what? I'm going to start exploring the land that I bought from Ali Hafid. So there's a big farm, and so he started going, and one day he went and saw a camel, right? Uh, well, his camel, and he went to, to, to have the camel drink. So he explored a little further because he had a big farm, and he found there was a stream of water uh, at, with sand, and the camel, every time that the camel would come and drink, it would poke and go somewhere else, and, and it wouldn't drink. And so for a while, it would frustrate the farmer. The farmer got out, started plowing, right? And he saw these little pebble rocks in the, underneath the white sand and a stream that ran through his property, his property, his property, his field. And so he got it, and when he looked at it, there were some holes in it, and when the, when the sun hit, they said that it had like a, a, a color of a rainbow. So he picked it up. He was frustrated. He picked a whole bunch of them, and he put one of them uh, over the mantle of his fireplace when they had back there in the, in the 1800s. So he put it as a decoration. One day the local priest, and all this was in India, by the way, okay, in India. This is important, in the, by the Indus River. And so the local priest in India went and to, to, to visit this new owner that, had the far, that bought the farm from Al-Hali Hafid, and he said, uh, hey, how are you doing? I want to introduce And he saw the rock 
from in the mantle, and he stopped mid-sentence and said, where did you get that rock? And the no, new owner of Hali Hafid's former farm, the new owner said, it is so annoying, they're everywhere. <laughs> he, said, I didn't, he said, I didn't see them, I didn't see them until I started plowing my own field. It was out there. There was a stream that crosses our property, and the camel kept, he, kept hitting it. And I have a whole bunch of them. They're in our barn right now. <laughs> and the guy and the, and the priest goes, that right there is one of the purest diamonds in, in the world. That is a diamond. So they investigated, and sure enough, that little pebble rock that they found, which he had found by the hundreds of them, right, it was one of the purest diamonds in the world that is now called the Gol Golconda Mines in India, where all of the royalty of England and British get their diamonds from India, watch this, to have their diamonds. And all along, he was searching for success and happiness out there because it wasn't working in here. And all along, he was sitting on acres of diamonds. Why do I say all this? Because that was a long intro. I understand that. Many times what we are hoping for, what we are looking for, is right in front of our eyes, but we're not seeing it because we're not investing our time in it because it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. Come on, somebody. Because our marriage and our church and our job doesn't look like we thought it. We're having a rough time. We're having a rough bout. We're not connecting. There's some things in the marriage and the relationships and the kids that are not working. And we always wish if we had that family, if we had that that uh, um, job, if we had that ministry, if I had that church, if I was that skinny, I'll be happy. And we want to bail out anytime there's a lot of conflict and we want to bail out and leave anytime there is a situation in our life or our family when if you work your own field, you will eventually find diamonds in your family, diamonds in your children, diamonds in your church, instead of using all your energy to complain about what we don't have and how bad your situation is right now. Open up your eyes to see what you have right now. Because many times, and you can't see it on the screen. I don't know if you guys could uh, put, the, put it on the screen. But many times people think that the grass is greener on the other side. But don't really know that the grass is only greener where you water it. That's right. The grass is only greener where you water it. Stop wishing for another marriage and start watering your marriage. Stop wishing for another church because it's not like you like it and start watering your church. Start, start implementing, well, they don't have this over here at RCC, and they don't have that at RCC. I'm going to go way out there searching for diamonds in another church, because if I go way out there, listen, there's always going to be a better church than you, this. There's always going to be someone that's more fit than your spouse. There's always going to be someone that has more money than you. There's always going to be a job. Listen, there has to be a point where you start looking and putting your energies in the now, because it's right here. All my children are so bad. Start investing time in your children and see the diamonds in them instead of seeing them as a problem. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to. Listen, we only got one life to live. 
And the Lord told me everything that you have right now because of his grace is sufficient for you to grow right now. Now, it may not be, <laughs> hi camera person, it may not be, it may not be, listen, what you expect it to be. But we give an excuse for us to bail out of commitments, marriage, church, children, job, because there's a dry season there and it's easier to look for diamonds somewhere else. Sure, there may be gra the grass may be greener on the other side, but what you don't know is greener because it's getting fed by a broken septic tank. Just because it's greener doesn't mean it's better quality. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it's greener. It's greener on the other side. It's greener on the other side because the water that's being fed by it is poop water. But if you eat that grass, you eat what fed the, the grass. So it may be greener. You know, that secretary may be winking at you. Come on. At, 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 in your job, and you you may be getting dry at home, and you may not be having a connection with your with your with your wife or your spouse, and and somebody in your job or somebody in your community starts flirting with you, and you think the grass is greener on the other side when you have diamonds right here. We're always looking for something way out there, on the other side, and we fail to recognize. They're right here where we're at. There's gold everywhere. We, we didn't know that we were spiritually in Apopka going to eventually uncover spiritual diamonds. Because if I could just be really honest with you, Apopka was not appealing to me. Apopka, the Lord told me, Apopka, go to Apopka. I'm like, come on. And there was other temptation to go elsewhere that had cleaner roads cleaner grass. They said, if you go in this place, we'll follow you. And I said, no, I got to go what the Lord does. And then when the Lord does, does it, then there's $12,000 we have to spend above our, our operating expense to, to literally, literally fix a broken septic tank. I just even said that. And then once we bought, the, when we were getting ready to buy the building, we had to come up with $20,000. See, all this is temptation to say, maybe it's not here. I'm not going to put my efforts here. This is too much work. It's too much work to work on my marriage right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave. Now, I'm going to pause and say, I know there's times that God will tell people that they need to go to the next chapter. I know some precious people in our church that they're about to leave. I'm not talking about that. So just so you, know, you guys know. I'm not talking about people that the Lord said uh, that you have to go to this place. I'm talking about people that the diamonds are in front of you and you're looking elsewhere and you're spending more energy trying to get out of that commitment than working your own field. Here's the principle of the story. The same guy who bought the same field of Ali Hafid, not a different field, the same field, learned to work a little harder and discover a little bit more in his own field. And right in his own property, he had a landmine, a sorry, a gold mine, a diamond mine that right now is the, one of the largest of all the world in Golconda. He was sitting on it but he looked elsewhere. How many times do we look elsewhere and want to bail when our marriage is not right? When our children are not doing good? When we tried everything and that other person, that other uh, ministry is not doing what you felt would do. And you just feel a lag. Here's the word of the Lord for you today. Ready? I'm going to prophesy. Start opening up your eyes and invest in your field 
and you'll see diamonds in there. I could go around this room, but I won't. I could go around this room of private conversations I've had with people that they were about to leave their marriage years ago. And they're, they're, they're about to throw them out. And they're about to sign the divorce paper. And they're about to do that. But they worked on their field. And they said, no, I'm not going to, even in my last breath, even while I'm crying, I'm, I don't want to throw this away. I'm going to work my field. And when they decided to work their field, God did miracles. In their own land, in their own marriage, in their, listen, in their own church. Come on, somebody. Come on. You don't, there's a saying, you don't know what you really have until it's not there anymore. Amen? We've got to pray like Elijah. Lord, open my eyes. Guys, I'm here to tell you. I know I'm preaching a little bit to you today. It's not too late. That's what I prophesied to you. It's not too late. You can start right now. You say, but my kids are teenagers. It don't matter. You say, my kids live out my house. It don't matter. You could change your approach. And instead of, uh, instead of having all your energy about correcting them all the time, start seeing diamonds in them. And you will see, once you see diamonds in them instead of pebbles in them, what would happen is that they will respond according to how you search and treat them. If you treat them like rocks, they're going to act like rocks. If you search for diamonds, they're going to act like diamonds. There's something about working your field and affirming what you have and strengthening what you have when nothing seems right. Because everyone, listen, everyone, uh, it, it hurt me when in 2018 where there was a whole bunch of shakeup here, right? There was people leaving suddenly. There was people cutting me off. There was people, the, the, this, all in 2018, my grandmother died and then I got this nerve thing in 2018. Do you realize that I could have, I could have just said, I don't want this anymore I chose to work my own field. Do you know that some of you guys don't know that before I started the church, there were offers that I could inherit a church. There were possibilities and talks of me inheriting a church that was already this size or more. And I didn't have to do the work. I would just come in. And you heard, some of you heard the story. But I'll say it again because there's a lot of new people. I was on the phone with my friend Joel Stockstill. This was about five and a half years ago, six years ago. I'm like, oh, you know, there's, there's a possibility. I just I wish I could inherit the church and a, a, a church that, you know, that already has people and the pastor's retiring. And I'm coming in as a new pastor. And he goes, no. I'm like, I'm like he goes, you don't want to do that, Brother George. I'm like, why? He goes, because if you inherit a shrub, it could never be a tree. If you inherit a shrub, no matter how hard you try to work that thing, that plant will never be a tree. But if you start, and it's going to be hard, and you start on virgin ground, come on, where there's rocks and soil, and there's nobody there, and you got to believe if someone's going to show up in a school building, and then six months later, you're going to believe for a building that's way out of your league? You don't even have the money. How dare you do that? But listen, listen. We started on virgin soil. So what we see here, the first three or four years, it was tough. People leaving, people going, people coming, people getting hurt. Guess what? We stayed in our field. And guess what? We don't have a bush. We're growing into a tree. Come on, somebody. Why? You're growing into a tree. Why? Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, invest in your own field. Is your, is your, don't raise your hand. Is your, is your uh, uh, marriage challenged right now? Don't raise your hand. 
Stop looking for a way out. I can see those laser beams. Because it's easy to lead. Do you not like maybe some things that are going on in the church? Sure, everyone does. I bet you if you're the pastor, you would do things much differently than me. But I've had to endure people tell me how to run the church. Okay, let's say you don't like a certain things about the church and it's something that just really nags you. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Don't leave. Sow into your field. Stop complaining. If you would get all the energy that you're saying by, oh, my God, look at this person. Look at Pastor George. I can't believe it. And I don't like how he runs things. He runs this up. That's not biblical. I get people telling me that all the time. these mics <laughs> before service in the name of Jesus. So watch this. You'd be surprised what you get when you anchor yourself and work with what you have. You'd be surprised what you get when you invest in what you have right now. Now, everybody say right now. Now, here's the, the meat of my message. Say, it's right here. Say, it's, it's right here. Years ago when I was having sound the alarm conference, I said, Lord, how am I going to raise the money? How am I going to raise the money? Oh, my God, I'm going to raise the money. And I was charging really low. And I didn't have Joanne back then to help me with the budgeting. And I would just start up that $20,000 conference. I was only charging $15. I didn't know what I was doing. I just, I oh, their youth. They're youth. They're young adults. They don't have any money. Come on, just $15 is okay. And I'm saying, Lord, where is this money going to come from? And I'm, no joke, I was in OHOP and I'm praying and I heard this phrase, it's in the house. I go, what? <laughs> and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I heard the Lord say, what you need is in the house. And so at that time, I didn't have any strategy. The Lord gave me a, a divine strategy of envelopes. You guys remember the envelope, the envelope fundraiser, right? I don't know if someone told me, I don't know, but it just clicked, right? So I developed this envelope fundraiser, and in the envelope fundraiser, I put one through 100. I shouldn't put to 1,000, but anyways, I put it to 100, right? And anyone who grabbed the, the number 20 envelope will give $20. And get, and, and get 15, give $15. Well, sometimes people will grab a number 5 envelope and put like $100 in there. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I raised almost half of the price of the, of, of the conference through a strategy, watch this, and I was in the house the whole time. I was sitting on acres of diamonds. And didn't even know it. Trying to find all these ways to pay this event. And I just had to work my field. God has given you a field. And that's your marriage. Come on, somebody. And that's your kids. And that's your church. And if you just sit there and complain, you're not working your field. You're waiting for another, uh, another thing to happen. I have news for you. The grass is not greener where on the other side. It's only greener where you water it. Start watering your grass where you're at. Start getting involved in church. Start signing up to say, hey, I'm available. I want to water this thing with you. I told someone, I told someone, if I'm plowing and digging for spiritual oil, it's much harder if I just have one shovel. But if Enrique has a shovel, if Joanne has a shovel, if Lewis has a shovel, if PK and Harvest has a shovel, and we're digging the same place, it's going to be much easier to dig for oil. 
You know why? Watch this. I want everyone to look at me. You know why we have this problem in America? Is what I call destination disease. Destination disease. Everybody say destination disease. Say destination disease. Destination disease is the belief that if we arrive somewhere or achieve a certain predetermined goal, that we will finally be successful. Destination disease is the belief that if we arrive somewhere or achieve a certain predetermined goal, that we will finally be successful. You know what I found success and happiness is? Success and happiness is not in the destination, it's in the journey. Hello? I'm going to prove it to you. Success, true success is in the journey. Put that up there, guys. It's in the journey, not the destination. Watch this. I could do an obedient thing and arrive at the destination, but the whole journey, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm unforgiving, I'm murmuring, and I actually do, I actually get to my destination, but the whole journey to that destination, I'm cursing, I'm, I'm backsliding, I'm giving in to sexual sins. I could, I could get to the destination and still have a journey that's filled with lust, anger, bitterness. People could live their life all they want and know that they need Jesus and wait till the, they're in their deathbed, if God gives them mercy, to finally say, okay, Lord, I surrender. And they've wasted their whole life. It's how you respond in the journey that makes the true success. You know what the journey is? How is my heart when things are not right in my field? I'm going to say, I, I really feel this, and I've never preached this before. You know what, you know what this helps? This, this, this right here, principle helps, helps what I call false open doors for you to walk in. Because there's false open doors that will open up to you when your field is not working. Guess what? Now, all of a sudden, that guy looks really cute. I'm talking to Mary folks right now. Come on, I got quiet up in this Methodist church here. All of a sudden, you, get, you have these, these, these things that you're not working on. And now you're thinking it's better over there. It's better over there. She's giving me attention. He's giving me attention. Right? And you're not working your own field. Let me tell you, if you don't get the right here, open my eyes, the right here principle right now, you will fall for quick temptations and you will think that's an open door from the Lord. And I'm not just talking about sexual things. I'm talking about economical things. I had open doors that were presented to me to get paid better than what I'm paying now, inheriting a church. And I said, no, I want to stick to my field. Isn't it funny that when you're having problems in your field, that's when everybody else's field looks really good? All of a sudden, all, everybody else's church looks much better. Everybody else's marriage looks much better. Everybody else's kids looks much better when you're not working your field. Right? And so you can, you, can, you can achieve a certain destination and yet be full of anger and bitterness. Look what John Maxwell said. I'm going to have a quote of John Maxwell because I study him a lot. And I didn't get this message from John Maxwell. I actually read this quote years ago. Look at what he said. Right? I want everyone to read this. 
my early years, I used to view success as a destination. Listen to this. But I quickly came to a different conclusion about success. All the traditional definitions either made success, watch this, a destination to reach or a required some magic formula to obtain. I began to see success as a journey, an ongoing process of growth. Watch this. Watch this. He continues with something powerful. No matter how. Now, uh, this is really powerful right here. He says, no matter how. I'm going a little later today, so just bear with me. No matter how long you live or what you decide to do in life, you will never exhaust your capacity to grow towards your potential. Nor will you run out of opportunities to help others. Watch this. When you see success as a journey. Everybody say journey. Then you will never have the problem of trying to arrive at an elusive final destination. And you'll never, this is key, this has got me. And you'll never find yourself in a position where, you're, where you've accomplished some final goal only to discover that you're still unfulfilled and searching for something else to do. Only to find out you've achieved that goal then you're still unfulfilled because your fulfillment does not come through the destination. It comes through the journey. God wants to shape you during the journey so that he could open your eyes to the diamonds that are already hidden in your field. Whew, I could have an altar call right now. I'm serious. Because some of you, even the strongest of you, I dare to say, you're really not seeing what's right in front of you. I said, you're not seeing what's right in front of you. Some of us need to adopt the principle of the five loaves and two fish. The five loaves and two fish principle. We need to adopt that as the body of Christ because the, the Bible says, we're going to read it in just a minute, very famous story that a little boy could have looked at this crowd and said, there's no way my little lunch could provide for that little thing. But he decided that he was going to trust whatever God gave him in this season that is more than enough to solve the problem. Do you know that God has already equipped you with everything you need by his spirit right now? Whether it's wisdom, whether it's a word, whether it's encouragement, do not be tempted to go look for other fields if you haven't spent time working in your own. So, so watch this. I know it's not going to be a shouting message, but it's okay. Someone say it's right here. Come on, say it's right now. Look, John, real quick. John 6, because I got to hurry. John chapter 6, verse 2. Are you getting something this morning? Now watch this. We read this a million times. I want you to see this from the perspective of what Elijah said. Open my eyes to see what's right in front of me right now. Right now. You know, I, I want to, this was not in my notes, but I want to say this. You get to a certain place in your life, you're like, man, I, I probably only got 30 more years to live. Think about that. I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm going to turn 50 this year. Just 30 more years is 80. And I'm not saying I'm going to die at 80. But I start thinking, what have I missed in my pain, my complaining, my wishing I was somewhere else? That I wish I had some other pain, not this pain. What have I missed with my wife? What have I messed with my kids? My, my kids, Jonathan, he's already 17 years old. He may be out of the house in a couple of years. That's how it's done. That chapter is going to be done. 
few more years after that, Jaden will be out, and who knows where he goes. I only have a little time left with my family. What are we doing with what we have now? Don't, listen, listen. If you live for now, and I, and I understand we need to leave, live for the age to come. I am not talking about that now. You can live for the age to come and still invest in your, in your, in your field now. What have I missed, I've said to myself, with my family because there are certain things I'm trying to achieve out there, right? The destination, success out there that I'm opening my eyes and saying, I have everything right here that I want. Well, you don't have a big house, but I have a house. No, I mean, I'm going to be honest. That there's a reason I don't invite people to my house because I'm like, I have the smallest house of the congregation. I'm the lead pastor. I, don't, I would feel embarrassed. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I felt. I don't feel that anymore. But, but it's about perspective. Not seeing that I had diamonds in my house. I have a, you know how many people don't even say I have a house? I live in an apartment. One day I pulled up to my house and I said, Papi, and I called Jaden Papi. Papi, I said, you know what? We may not have a big house. Well, we have two cars, actually three cars now, three bedrooms, two baths, and it's our house. It's acres of diamonds. Do you understand that you have to see what you have as diamonds, not something else? Because that man saw his own field that Ali Hafid left and found diamonds in that field. I don't care how struggling your marriage is. I don't care how bad your kids are. Start investing time in them, and you'll see the diamonds. And guess what's going to happen? You'll see change in your heart and change in their heart. A huge crowd, verse 2, kept following Jesus wherever he went. I'm almost done. I have to hurry. Because they saw his miraculous signs, he healed their sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd, in other words, a big problem, watch this, of people coming to look for him, turning to Philip, watch this. He said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Now, I love this, I love this. This is a foreshadow for some of you. Look at this, look at this. Jesus was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. He said, Philip, you see these 5,000 people? How are we going to feed them? Jesus already knew how he was going to do it. How are we going to feed them, right? He was wanting them to see, hey, you have me with you. What do you think we're going to do? Watch, watch what he says. Watch. Uh, well, Philip replied, uh, Master, even if we work for, a, for months. Listen, Jesus is right there not seeing diamonds right next to him. Jesus is right there, the miracle worker. How are we going to feed them? Jesus right there said, well, you, you know, you feed them somehow, Lord. Tell me what to do. Lord, even with you here, we got to look out there. It's not here. It's over there. We have to work out. Now, now, now watch. we got to work. I saw this for months. We wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew Simon Peter said, spoke up, there's a young boy with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? I love what Jesus said. He's a gangster, right? He said, no, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down the grassy, on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000 people. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. 
After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that there's nothing wasted. Notice that the little boy and Jesus did not have destination disease, but the disciples did. The disciples had destination disease. They're saying, hey, what we have is not enough, even with Jesus. I mean, I could, even with Jesus, it's not enough. We got to search out there. Tell them to go away. We got to work from us. And Jesus is going, hello, do you see who's next to you? Even with Jesus, we got to search out there somewhere. Little boy goes, listen, I may not understand uh, why my little lunch is significant, but let me tell you something. I'm going to believe if I give everything that God has given me, even the little, God could do something because that's Jesus. Jesus is there. Watch this. He worked his farm. He worked his field. The little boy said, here's my five loaves. Here's my two fish. Look at me, everyone, everyone. What are your five loaves? What are you two fish? All I have, you know, is I sing on the worship team and, I, you know, I just give what I can when I can. Okay, that's good. Give that. Could you sing and you're not doing it? Could you teach and you're not doing it? Could you give, get, uh, could you disciple and you're not doing it? Because you're waiting for some status to arrive in your life. It's right here. It's right now. It's right here. Open your eyes that he may see what's right here, right now. Come on, say amen. I'm not, okay, worship team, if you get, get up there, we're going we're gonna to end it here. I can imagine the boy saying, I'm not going to argue about what I don't have. I'm going to work with solving the problem now. So I'm going to give Jesus all that he's given me so that I can work the field. Look at this. Isn't it amazing that two people could see, watch this, look at me, look at me, could see the same situation and come up with two different interpretations of what they see. Did you hear what I just said? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm talking about your walk with God. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your relationships. I'm talking about your church. I'm talking about your finances. Okay? Two people could look at the same situation that you're having right now and come up with two completely different interpretations, yet it's the same thing. Look, look at this. The, the, the disciples saw five loaves and two fish as a problem, even with Jesus there, and they wanted to search for things. Jesus saw the same thing and interpreted that situation as a tool for the greatest buffet of, hit of mankind. He said, you know what? You guys see a problem. I'm going to see the same thing. Watch this. Not a different thing. I'm going to see the same thing. Hear me now. This is so powerful. And I'm going to create the biggest buffet you've ever seen. Just because that boy gave me the little he had. He didn't argue with me. He didn't say, I wish I had a bigger lunch. He didn't say, I'm going to come back in about five months and raise enough money so I can feed 5,000 and help Jesus out. He goes, all I have is this. And God says, thank you, finally. Finally, someone just said, here's all I have. It's not much. And God, I can imagine God saying, it's okay. That's what I gave you. You give it back to me now. Watch me multiply it. So, he, so, so watch, watch, watch. Two people could see the same situation and come up with a different interpretation of that situation. Some people could look at you and see that your relationships are doing better. And from the outside, they're like, man, I can see you. You're walking with God. I'm proud of you. For what? Well, I see you like you're coming in. You're more tender. Well, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that because I, God never really speaks to me anyways. 
two people could see the same situation, even in your marriage. Man, you bless me. Oh, no. And in your mind, you're like, well, you don't know what's happening in my house. Watch this. Elisha's servant, I'm almost done, saw physical troops, physical troops, and he was freaking out. Elisha saw spiritual troops, the same, horses and chariots. One of them was physical, one of them was on fire from heaven, right? He saw the same situation, but interpreted it differently. Why? Hear me now. Because he chose to work his field. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some of you that you've been discontent in your relationships and you've been wanting to bail out. You've been discontent even when you're church and you want to just say, it's okay. Maybe God, hear me now, so, put this slide up. I'm all over the place today. Sometimes God is allowing you to feel a little bit irritable. Hear me now. Hear me now. I allow you to be a little irritable. Yeah, put that up there. Put that up there. Put that up there. And sometimes the Lord is simply testing us to see if we would be submissive to him in the season he has us in. Watch this. Even when we don't agree with everything in that season. Thank you for those five amens. I'm going to read that again. See, I, I, keep that up there. I want to say something I've never said before. Sometimes you're, you're given an excuse not to submit based on I heard from the Lord. So we use the word of the Lord saying, I'm not going to submit to that. What if I have a process and I want to go a certain way and someone doesn't agree with that? They don't, want, they don't agree with that. If I didn't do something wrong, right, if you didn't do something wrong, they don't like the process, if I'm not doing something unbiblical, maybe God is just testing you to submit. Or maybe we have a submission problem. That's what I've learned. There's some people that God is testing to see if you would stay. Oh, listen, even when you don't agree with everything in that season, and that goes with marriage, that goes with uh, your job sometimes, it goes with your church. Now, not every time that you're going to have to stay, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is give it time, give it a chance. Seeds and trees don't grow overnight. I wish, I wish, I wish you know what I knew. I would go to people in this congregation. I would say, do you remember when you were about to walk out on your marriage? Do you remember when things got tough and you were going, looking at another field? Because that other field was saying, it's greener over here. You don't have to, you don't have to mess, mess with that, that angry spouse, that messed up spouse. Why don't you go over here? You don't have to deal with the of the church say open my eyes to see what's right here I'm closing mm. I've never preached a message like this guys there's a story of a man another man in the early 1900s who bought a dairy farm, and he had a bunch of cattle and, and cows. And he noticed that there was a big water that all the animals used to drink from. But he noticed in this farm that he bought, now he bought a lot of money, that he, listen, 
that the cows and the cattle would steer away from this water. So he was worried that if he doesn't find water for these cattle, something's going to happen. They're going to die. He's going to lose all his business. So he went to the, to the river in his own field. Everybody say, in my own field. I'm going to close with something good because this is prophetic. It was stinky and it was dark. The river was stinky and it was dark and it was dirty. So he, got, he goes, no wonder my cattle don't want to drink from that. It was actually true. They weren't, the cattle weren't faking it. It was, it was stinky and smelly. Instead of leaving when it was stinky and smelly. I can preach right there. Instead of leaving when it's stinky and smelly. He investigated what that was. So he had in the early 1900s people come in and dig the water. And sure enough, what they found underneath the water was oil. That's why it was dark. That's why it was stinky. And so what happened is they dug up that, that land of oil, and it became one of the richest oil places that now these machines dig for oil costly. It made him a multi-billionaire. And all along, it was because he didn't leave his field when it was dirty, Woo! when it was smirky, when it was smelly, when it was... I don't agree with this. Why did I inherit this? This is not what I signed up for. I built this. I, I, I bought this land. I invested into this marriage. I invested into my children. I invested into my children. This is not what I signed up for. It's muggy. It's oily. This situation right now with my family, I don't like it. There may be some oil that God is trying to produce. There may be some oil that God is trying to produce during the murkiness. Because if you want oil, get ready for crushing. Get ready for stabbing. Get ready for the, the pressing of the olives and of the grapes. Because oil can be found in places where you don't even know it's right there. I'm going to end with the prodigal son. The prodigal son, in my opinion, we're not going to turn to it, is the perfect example of not seeing what he always had. The prodigal son had everything in the father's house. Money, food, provision, shelter. Watch this. And someone convinced him. Watch this. Look at me. I'm just paraphrasing. Some of his friends, can I, can I, I'm just going to paraphrase into 2022. You don't have to stay in the Father's house. The Father's house spiritually is the, is the, is the church, is the, is the body of Christ, figuratively speaking. You don't have to stay in the Father's house. Go out there. You've been raised in your Father's house. Why don't you explore some of your sexual desires? Why don't you get drunk? Listen, listen. Why don't you get drunk? Listen, Pastor George is always just religious. It's, he's just out of touch. Every Christian young adult drinks. Now, it's okay to get drunk. That's just, he's just a little too religious. That's what we do now. We all get drunk. It's not okay. But watch this. The voice of, of the enemy or his friends would say to the prodigal son, you, he, he, they blinded him to the provision that he already had there. He said, go out there. Go out there. You've been raised in the Father's house. You've been raised in the church. Aren't you tired of just going to RCC all the time? You've been doing that since you were young. Going to church. You go out there, and he ate with the pigs. 
And he, he finally realized, what did I do? I thought the grass was going to be greener on the other side. I thought if I just hopped to another family and, 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 I, and get this functional family off of me, or if I just go and do what I wanted to do, can I be honest with you? You, would avoid, you guys will avoid, me included, we would avoid a lot of cost for counseling meetings, professional counseling meetings, if you just stop what you're doing, stop your business, and invest in the field that God has given you. He came back to his father's house. You, you know the story. I'm ending with this. And his father was like, you know what? Get the best robe. Get the best ring on him. And he realized he was sitting on acres of diamonds the whole time. You don't know what you have until it's not there anymore. Don't, this, this is for somebody. I heard this phrase. Don't throw it all away because you think the grass is greener. Woo, on the other side. I used to tell the young people when I was a youth pastor, I used to say, five minutes of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of pain. You remember that, right? It's the person behind you, sir, not you. <laughs> He's looking at, I don't know you, sir. No, it's... I'm looking, I'm looking at her right here. She used to be my youth group. He's like, he's off. He's way off. I you don't know him. I used to say that, Rachel, right? Enrique? Five minutes of pleasure is not worth a lifetime of pain. Sure. You have pleasure, but you're gonna throw it all away because of that, of that, because your your marriage is not working, so you're gonna go try somewhere else. You can allow other people to flirt with you because you're married. I feel the Holy Ghost, so I'm going to keep going. I know you don't like this, but some of you, the reason I'm going because some of you are facing this. I wouldn't, I feel the Lord. Some of you, you've neglected working in your own field and other fields are now tempting you. Hey, it's better over here. You don't have that crazy pastor telling you all this stuff. I just want a quiet church. That's fine. Be quiet when you come to church. Listen, we're the church, right? We're the church, right? So if you want a shouting church, when you come to church, shout, and there'll be a shouting church. You determine what the church will be. I told people here, if I see some of them shout, like, I know Jesus is coming. And reverse, if I see other people quiet, I'm like, oh, well, something's wrong. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, I'm closing, that the eyes of a fool, listen, are on the ends of the earth, way out there. Look at this. Sensible people, did you even know this is a scripture? Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom. Watch this. But a fool's eyes wander into the earth. Listen, way, my, my success is a destination way out there. It's not this church. This church has too many problems. It's not this marriage. My marriage has too many problems. It's not this family. Come on, somebody. My family has too many problems. No, 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 no. The eyes of a fool, somewhere out there I'm going to get happiness. Work your field. You know why we're reaping? Because we, we worked our field. You know when you're going to reap? When you work your field. Sow into that marriage. Come on. Sow into your children. 
So right now, right now, today, right now, speak life into them. See diamonds in your field. I want you to stand up.